Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and Farley the Bulldog is filling in for Rodney today as usual. So today we continue our series promoting the upcoming Kentucky Comedy Festival on October 19th through the 21st at Rather Hall at Murray, Kentucky on the campus of Murray State University. And today I have one of my co-hosts for the festival who embodies the spirit of living the dream perfectly. Today's special guest is Miss Kentucky 2023, Mallory Hudson. Matter of fact, she's even wearing her crown on the interview. So she's really taking this job seriously. Mallory is a native of Bowling Green, Kentucky, and a student at the University of Kentucky, where she's focusing on a degree in communications and a minor in political science. And uh, since becoming Miss Kentucky last June, Mallory has been very, very busy traveling across the state of Kentucky and doing a lot of very good work. And we are very honored to have her as our guest today so that she can enlighten us on her work as Miss Kentucky and how she is living the dream. So please welcome Miss Kentucky 2023, Mallory Hudson. Mallory, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. We're very excited to have you. I know it's been, I guess, about a month or maybe a little less than a month since you won the crown. So I know you had a lot going on and traveling around the state. So uh, for the people in the live in the world land who may not know about you, tell us a little bit about you and because you grew up in Bowling Green and you've got a lot of Kentucky uh, background and cool things going for you right now. Absolutely. So yes, my name is Mallory Hudson and I am Miss Kentucky 2023. Today actually marks three weeks since I was crowned Miss Kentucky. So a great way uh, to celebrate my crown anniversary, if that's even a word, (laughs) being on the podcast today. Um, But yes, I'm 21 years old. I am from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I am a native Kentuckian. I've been a Kentuckian all my life. And um, I, I actually considered going out of state for school to receive my undergraduate education. But mm-hmm. um, in 2019, I was named a Kentucky Governor Scholar. And okay. that was really a turning point, I think, for me, because upon the conclusion of my time at GSP, I was at Bellarmine University in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be a community ambassador for the program and really Mm -hmm. latched on to their mission of combating the brain drain in Kentucky and um, keeping Kentucky's best and brightest in state to receive their college education. And so I ultimately decided to accept a scholarship offer at the University of Kentucky. And that certainly Mm -hmm. has not been a decision that I have regretted in the least bit. I now Mm -hmm. study communications and political science. And the job of Miss Kentucky actually comes with a full-time position working for the Kentucky Department of Agriculture, where I'll be serving as Kentucky Proud's official spokesperson this year. So I'll be taking off a year from school. Um, So I always say I graduated uh, from high school in 2020 as Mm -hmm. during the height of the pandemic. So I never had that in-person graduation. And so now I'm like, my college experience is kind of ending in uh, that abrupt manner as well. But I'm just so honored and thankful uh, to be in this position. And I feel so privileged to be able to wake up every single day and give back to my home state of 21 years in this capacity. And I just can't wait to soak in all the moments that are to come in the next year. Yeah. Well, that's um, really cool that you're a governor scholar. You know, I actually remember seeing that on your bio. Um, yeah. That That's a very big honor. That That's a very big thing to have. Um, I remember back when I was in high school, 
I didn't do Governor Scholars. I did the Boys State program at, at Moorhead, but uh, okay. Governor Scholars, I think, was at University of Louisville or no, it was at Center, I think. And I forgot. I guess they must have moved it to Bellarmine. Yes, I think my year, and I'm not sure how it's changed since, I think they had campuses at Bellarmine, Murray, and Center. I think those okay. were that year. So I was at Bellarmine and I, I really enjoyed it. Well, the thing about taking off a year, that way, whenever I graduate from my MBA program, and I guess you would be a senior going in, we'll probably graduate in the same year in 2025. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll actually walk again. I, I did, Let's see, because I graduated college. Um, obviously, I walked for that at Murray and then um, for law school, but I didn't walk when I did my LLM at University of Miami. But when I finish at UK, I'll, I'll walk for that. That way, I've got the blue robe on. It's a big achievement. And I've been joking that when I graduate from law school, that's going to be my first time ever graduating, ever walking the line. So that'll make it ever so special. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, as a lawyer, I've advised a lot of people about going to law school. And my first advice to you is to run. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, um, you know, the thing that's very interesting about your um, aspirations to go to be a lawyer, a lot of times people think that lawyers are what you see on TV. So like uh, L.A. Law from the, the 80s or Boston Legal, and I don't know what the law shows are now. Uh, Suits was a good one several mm-hmm. years ago. And that's all about litigation. You see, my side of being a lawyer is real estate. So I'm putting deals together. And so we're trying to be cooperative on things. But lawyers... Um, come into play in so many different fields. Um, even in your your field with communications and stuff, you look mm-hmm. at a lot of the TV analysts like um, uh, well, Shannon Bream on Fox is a lawyer. Megan Kelly is a lawyer. I have a friend uh, from Miami named Katie Fang. She's a co-host uh, on um, MSNBC of a show. But awesome. She's a lawyer. So a lot of um, women and men, I, I don't know, uh, maybe Tucker Carlson was a lawyer too. I know um, Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage is a lawyer. Okay, And uh, so a lot of people use that, that if they have the speaking skills and the personality, they kind of transition into being on TV. And uh, so that's kind of a nice thing as opposed to being in the office all day. Exactly. And I'm definitely someone that likes to keep all my options open, keep all the Mm. doors open until the last possible moment. I feel like you never want to shut yourself out of any opportunities. And so that might be in my future. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You never know. Or you can find yourself practicing law for 19 or 20 years and decide you want to host a comedy festival like me. Well, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So um, growing up in Bowling Green, that's kind of um, very similar to where I grew up in Paducah, you know, small town, but yet it's, it's kind of a bigger town, but it's not as big as Lexington or Louisville. Right. So what was it like growing up in Bowling Green and who were some of your role models when you were growing up there? Yeah, I absolutely love Bowling Green. I think it is uh, the perfect size and the fact that kind of how you mentioned, it is a small town, you do feel connected, but at the same time, um, it isn't so small that I feel like you're always running with the same people, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I enjoyed every moment growing up in Bowling Green. Um, As far as role models go, I feel like I admire so many different people, but I always like to say that my number one role model has to be myself because I feel as though I'm always just trying to chase a better version of me. And that's been Mm. 
something that's been really transformative, I think, for me in the scholarship competition world uh, through Miss America and through Miss Kentucky. Um, I actually have a quote written on my mirror from before I went to Miss Kentucky that says, I'm in competition with no one. The only person I'm trying to be better than is the person I was yesterday. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that be a very uh, positive mindset for any field, anything that you're getting yourself into um, in the grand scheme of life. If you're only ever trying to best yourself, um, then it then it kind of takes the pressure off of comparing yourself to others and their individual journeys. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. And um, you know, a lot of uh, people, both men and women, they look at who they see as a celebrity that's like, oh, I need to look like Sofia Vergara or I need to look like Brad Pitt or I need to be as successful as this person on Instagram who's probably not living that life. But, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on people and they can think, man, I'm a failure or this and that. And like you said, the idea of growing each day and trying to improve each day is a good philosophy to have. Absolutely. I And I totally think that um, that's has what that is what has made me successful um, competing in Miss Kentucky and in the Miss America organization is a lot. I think a lot of people have this common misconception that it's just a bunch of women competing against one another, but we really do. I think um, all have that mindset and the fact that we are a sisterhood and we uplift one another and empower one another and the success of one sister really is the inspiration of another instead of this idea of competition and trying to um, beat anyone else. And so I think that mm-hmm. um, is one of my main takeaways from competing in Miss Kentucky and competing within the Miss America organization is that you have the power to transform your own mindset to only compete against yourself and not mm-hmm. these other amazing and intelligent and kind women that you're sharing the stage with. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. So uh, what inspired you to go into pageants? Well, actually, I always say that I serendipitously fell into competing in Miss Kentucky. I decided to compete in a preliminary competition two days before it was held. In two November. days? Yeah, two days before it was held. I thought <laughs> I was like, we'll give it a shot. Um, I was a senior in high school at the time, and I was initially attracted to the scholarship aspect of mm. the uh, higher education is expensive, right? So dollar, yeah. $10, $100, a $1,000 uh, can help you get to where you want to be. And now three and a half years later, I have won $19,000 to further my mm. education um, at the University of Kentucky and then hopefully in law school as well. And so this organization really does have the power to um transform your life in so many different ways. It has opened up so many doors for me, provided me so many incredible opportunities, given me the opportunity to really connect with so many amazing women throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky that I otherwise would not have met if it weren't Mm -hmm. for the organization. And then, of course, the scholarship dollars and being able to develop my community service initiative, Inclusive Stages, which provides Mm -hmm. theatrical and artistic opportunities for individuals with with disabilities and works to make uh, the theatrical and artistic space more accessible for all individuals. And so mm. that's really, I think, has has been the biggest gift in competing in the Miss America organization is being able to uh, develop something that really has impacted so many individuals, not only in the South Central Kentucky community, but now in the Kentucky community as well. Mm-hmm. And 
I think it's always super cool uh, when something starts right up here in your head and then you see it kind of come to fruition and come to life to a point where it really has um, the opportunity to uh, develop into this really great impactful thing. Right. Well, you mentioned your um, your platform right now is inclusiveness with a lot of uh, children with uh, special needs. Mm-hmm. And um that's actually been a growing issue for a lot of families lately. Matter of fact, we even have to address it in my job as the developer of a community. Um, we have a bunch of parks that we provide as part of the community. And even our, our last community association meeting, we're like having to redo a lot of playground equipment to make it um, accessible for a lot of these uh, children. And, you know, I didn't really think about that because as a lawyer, we think of ADA stuff. But mm-hmm. now they're like special needs uh, toys and different things like that. And it's really been an issue. So that's very interesting. You've picked that platform. So talk about a little bit of of your work with that. Absolutely. So I always say that Inclusive Stages was born at a Saturday night performance of a show I was in, Hello Dolly, at Mm. High School. I played Dolly Levi, and it's still my favorite role uh, to this day. But Mm. a lot of participants from Down Syndrome of Southern Kentucky's Buddy House came to the performance. And upon the conclusion of the show, they were pantomiming some of the moves and singing some of the songs. And on the way home, I told my mom, who is a speech language pathologist, it'd be so cool to offer acting classes for the buddy house. And so then when I was given the opportunity to develop a community service initiative uh, through my work and the Miss America organization, I knew it was going to be inclusive stages. And so Mm. through inclusive stages, I've had the opportunity to uh, teach those acting classes at Down Syndrome Southern Kentucky's Buddy House. And Mm. uh, upon the conclusion of each um, lesson or class that we teach, we have a moment where um, everyone is able to kind of share one thing they learned or maybe provide a suggestion for a future class. And at the first class that we ever taught, one of the participants said, I learned that I can be an actor if I want to be. And I just truly think that that is the essence of inclusive stages. When you don't see a space for someone, you have the power to create that own space. And yeah. so I, I just think it's it's just blossomed into something that really has had this domino effect and um, has become this super, super amazing thing. And I truly have learned more from this initiative than I think I've ever taught anyone else. And uh, some other really cool things we've had the opportunity to do are um, distribute inclusive stages, theater, sensory kits uh, to help individuals with sensory processing disorders better enjoy theatrical performances. And actually last night at the Public Theater of Kentucky, I went to a sensory friendly performance and we had some of the kits there. So it's just so Uh, to see that uh, having come to fruition and having impacted so many individuals. Yeah, well, that that's fantastic. And like you said, you you said that you learned as, as much, if not more, by doing the program than when you started. And I think when you're, because I used to do a lot of charity work as well, and you kind of, it's always that way. I, we did a lot for the Humane Society with the dogs <laughs> and stuff. And so you always, you know, just kind of get a lot of personal enjoyment out of doing all that and helping back and for people who are appreciative too. Yes. There's actually a a quote by Gandhi that says, 
the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And I just think that that is so true in my own personal experience and what I've heard from other individuals who have uh, devoted time to service as well. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I want to attend law school is because Mm -hmm. I think I've learned that to be a true advocate, you can't just be for a community, you have to stand with them. And Mm. so that's really one of the reasons why I want to pursue that dream of becoming a lawyer. Um, Because I really feel as though, like I said earlier, when you don't see that space, you have the power to create that space. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Do you have any uh, preferences where you want to go to law school? Oh my goodness. I really want to keep all my options open. I would not be opposed to staying in state or maybe, you know, going for a little adventure somewhere kind of unique. So I just want to uh, evaluate all my options and uh, see, see where I would best fit. Yeah. Well, I guess as a lawyer, I will give you my advice. Like I said, my first advice was to run, but uh, no, uh, of course that's just a joke. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, law school is very competitive and, it, and the first thing they look for are your grades and your LSAT scores. So I'm sur- sure you're fine there. But um, ultimately, I think, too, it kind of comes down to what do you want to practice and where do you want to practice? Mm-hmm. Because what we've seen, I mean, there are a bunch of law schools now and lawyers tend to practice until they're like 70 or so. And so then it's like, gosh, you know, you're getting out of law school. You want to find the right job and stuff like that. And I know there are several lawyers that their career ambition was to do, let's say, criminal defense or something. Well, you've got to start out really as a prosecutor to get the experience and stuff like that. The pay is not as much. And if people are doing it just for the pay initially, they may realize, well, wait a second, you got to start out a little bit slower. Get uh, You might not get the you know big paycheck initially, but you've got to get the experience and stuff. And sometimes people rack up debt so high that it really limits their options. Um, the other thing too, is like, if you wanted to stay in Kentucky, just being a, a University of Kentucky graduate opens up a lot of doors as far as connections and things like that. Right. Um, but you know, it, it depends too. You may say, you know what? I really enjoy real estate law. And like, I went to Miami for my master's there because it was the number one program in the country. And it just gave me the best tools to practice the kind of law that I wanted and it got, I got a great job out of it, great experience. So I think you'll probably just know the the right fit when you see it, but um, you know, it's not always an easy decision. Right. But the thing is you want to go to the best school you can get into that you can afford. Right. There you go. That's a good rule of thumb. And you need to make sure that you like your sports teams. Yeah. Well, absolutely. (laughs) So speaking of sports, I know you're a big Wildcat fan like I am. So um, what are some of your highlights of being a student at University of Kentucky? Oh, my goodness. There are so many. The first one that comes to mind is Dancing at Dance Blue, um, which is the 24-hour dance marathon uh, to benefit uh, pediatric cancer and hematology research. And Mm -hmm. uh, the year I danced, we raised over a million dollars. Really? Where was that build at? It was held at Memorial Coliseum and uh, this past year, um, they Memorial Coliseum went under construction. So I'm really curious to see where they'll have it next year. I'm like, I wonder if they could get rough for it. (laughs) 
Well, they may end up doing it at the Gap and business, business building. That's where my classes are for the MBA. Yeah. It's a super, super nice building. Because nice um, I always go in to take my midterms and finals there because I'm just afraid that it's something will go wrong on the Internet. But law school is new. Um, I tried to tour Memorial Coliseum, I guess. Did they start construction this year on it? Yes, they did. They started okay. in late March or early April, I believe. Okay, so I didn't go by there after that. But, uh, I mean, they have a great, uh, what is it? It's the Gatton Student Center in there. Uh, so I went to the gym a few times. Then they had uh, another, they got like two or three gyms on campus. They're just fantastic. Yes, yes. I mean, the facilities, we, when I took my tour at UK, I guess this would have been August of 2019. I was just really in awe. I had no idea how many of the buildings had just been updated to that state of the art level that they currently are at. And uh, I was just immediately drawn in by the atmosphere. And, um, mm. and of course I grew up a Wildcats fan, so it, it was very easy to lash on to that big SEC school spirit. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, obviously I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a little worried about our team going in this year because we really don't have much size losing Oscar and I was hoping he was going to come back because his know. NIL deal, I'm, I know he was making really good money mm-hmm. um, and we really need a center, but um, we'll see. But I will say this. I really enjoy watching the baseball team and the softball team. Um, I followed the men's soft, the men's soft, the, the men's baseball team when they had the run to the, um, the regional, what was it? It was the uh, super regionals against LSU, but a couple of the ball players were, uh, pitchers and they were uh, a couple of ball players who are pitchers were in my MBA class. So that was fun supporting them. And then I had a classmate uh, that she was the leading hitter on the softball team. Wow. So I was trying to convince her. I'm like, whenever I go, can I like go to the page and hit? Cause I still play softball. Okay. My sister is a big softball player. She actually left today to go play in a tournament in California. So she's been jetting off to every corner of the country playing softball this summer. So it's been super fun to watch. Is she in high school or college? She's in high school. She'll be a sophomore in the fall. Yeah. Well, um, where I live in Vieira, Florida, we're home of uh, USSA. That's one of the big governing bodies. And so they host a ton of tournaments here. Uh, Matter of fact, when I moved here, um, the Washington Nationals had their spring training facility here, but then they went to West Palm Beach to share a facility with Houston, the Houston Astros. Okay. So SA came into our area and it's, it's a really big deal for our area because with travel ball, I mean, you, you know how it is. Um, a lot of people, it, it's the parents that come and maybe some relatives, totally. they need a place to stay, they need a place to eat. So it helps us as the developer, bring in the hotels, bring in restaurants, stuff like that. And um, it's not cheap when these, these families travel, but it's like, if you don't, then you're kind of, I guess, out of the loop is when it comes to playing on the high school teams or with college evaluations and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been so interesting to watch that process and the, in the recruiting and, and the things that you have to do to prepare to be recruited and all of the above. My sister, like I said, is a sophomore um, or will be a sophomore in the fall. So she's still got a whole year before college coaches can even contact her in any capacity. So uh, oh, okay. it's a really interesting process to watch well, from a bystander point of view. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, and the other thing, and this is totally off topic from our list here, but since we're talking <laughs> sports, um, 
the thing that's kind of interesting, I think, is to watch the evolution of women's sports. Because uh, as we're doing the interview right now, uh, we got the Women's World Cup, which I haven't kept up with it at all. But, you know, the U.S. won last time. and Hopefully they will again. Absolutely. But um, women's softball, um, it has really taken off. Uh, I'm glad that U.K. has a really good team. Um, like I said, uh, my classmate was Kayla Kowalik. I hope I pronounced her name right but she batted like 455 this year she was a two-time wow. all-american and uh, so but it's very very competitive but you look at the volleyball team at uk they won the national championship a few years ago um and they're like other women's sports that are coming into to be a big thing and now um you know the basketball team too the with lsu winning and they had uh, the big viewership and stuff Hopefully that's going to help uh, with women's sports continue to grow more and more and to develop more on the professional level, because that's a big distinction between a, a lot of the men's sports and women's sports is like the women who are in the WNBA, they get paid so much less than the NBA guys, which I look, I understand, you know, LeBron James gets $50 million a year, but they pack the arenas and stuff like that. But um, I would really like to see, the the WNBA grow more and especially like a uh, professional women's softball league and stuff. Cause I just can't believe, I mean, they're not going to sell 30,000 tickets a game or 20,000 like the NBA or major league baseball, but there is a demand out there for people to yes. watch just good ball. Mm-hmm, totally. And I mean, if you look at softball at the collegiate level um for the women i mean they built the massive stadium in oklahoma for the yeah. championships i mean if you build it they will come and i do think it is all about that equal opportunity and access uh for women in sports yeah so we'll have to discuss that more in the future yeah because, but <laughs> i just think it's very interesting um i got interested in watching women's softball because there was a player many years ago named Jenny Finch and she looked like a Barbie doll, but she could also, she was like a tremendous pitcher and her fastball was like 70 miles an hour, which, you know, in softball, that mound is closer to the home plate. So it's really coming in hard. (laughs) Yeah. And she was a good hitter. And um, so then they started making it a women's uh, Olympic sport. And of course it was like Jenny Finch and Stacey Newcomb, who was like this big catcher from UCLA and, they were at the forefront of that. And then Jessica Mendoza, who's on ESPN as a commentator, was all in that. And now, I mean, it's a really big thing, not just in the SEC or Oklahoma and Texas or California. It's a big thing in the, the Big Ten conferences and the smaller conferences as well. I know Murray State, I think they just added the softball team. And they're doing that to try to increase more sports for women for the Title IX requirements and stuff. And the same with volleyball. Yes. And actually my uncle, Travis Hudson is the head coach for volleyball at Western. So okay, up going to uh, WKU women's volleyball games and have always been a big cheerleader for that team as well. And it's a big sport in high school now too, because they didn't have volleyball when I was in high school. And, yes. uh, actually, um, my younger cousin, uh, Travis's son, Drew, he's going to Ohio State to play men's volleyball. So okay, volleyball and softball family for sure. Right. Well, that's interesting. Well, sorry for the tangent, but when we start that's talking great. ball here, I, I may get yeah. a off track. Because <laughs> um, it's not always about the UK ba- men's basketball team. I, right. 
even though I fully support them, I am one of the fans. I'm kind of getting disappointed here. I'm like, we need to start winning some championships here. I but, you know, it's interesting. I went up to um, UK. They have a student uh, sports um, division. They hosted like the Kentucky Sports Forum at okay. Rupp Arena yeah. this year. And I've they did a really good job. And they had in Coach Calipari and some agents and stuff. And actually, um, the agent for Devin Booker, um, who else is in there? Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is, is a woman uh, agent. She was talking about, you know, women in sports and how the, you know, it was tough for her to get to where she is, but you know, she's doing a fantastic job and they're trying to get more women in as being agents, especially as more women have transitioned from being really big time athletes and stuff. But they were talking about the fact of um, the um, NIL deals and stuff. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is now. If you're not offering the NIL compensation, it's really hard to recruit and and keep you know people there for long. And and it's kind of amazing that Calipari has been able to have the one and done players for so long and had so many good teams because he's constantly rebuilding his team every year. So you know, kudos to him for that. But on the other hand, the Kentucky fans need to see a championship. I I actually, in 2012, my family and I went to the uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in Atlanta and and Uh got to see that team. So that was a super special uh, UK memory for me. But I'm like you. I'm I'm ready to see a championship again. Yeah, well, we'll see what what he can do this year. Um, All right. So now to get back on track. what are some of, well, you've probably already answered this question, but what are some of your favorite experiences so far as Miss Kentucky? Oh my goodness. I, there, there have been so many already, mm-hmm. let me just say, and I'm keeping a little uh, tally in my notes app on my phone of things I don't want to forget as Miss Kentucky. Because you already I, have the Kentucky Comedy Festival on there, I hope. I know, I know. Um, but I, I just know that this year is going to fly by. And so I'm trying to to document every moment and take pictures and write things down and journal. And I just really want to soak in all the moments, but I actually went to uh, the the performance that I went to last night at the public theater of Kentucky. It was a camp and and, an inclusive Mm -hmm. stages um, or an inclusive um, acting camp. And so I, I visited the campers on Wednesday and we were all taking a picture together. And one of the little girls in the front row looked at the girl next to her and said, this is the best day ever. Mm. I just, it's just the little moments like that, that will just warm your heart and make you so, so thankful for this position and, and to be given this once in a lifetime opportunity. So I think it's the little moments like that, that I'm going to cherish and remember forever. Mm-hmm. So now when is the Miss America pageant? It'll be held in January of 2024. Okay. We're not sure on dates or location yet. So I'm I'm taking guesses from people on where uh, they think it's going to be. But the new CEO of Miss America is from Florida. So they didn't come down to Miami. Florida. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I lived in Miami for 16 years and uh, they could host it down on the fountain, probably at the fountain blurs. Or, you know, they may have it in Orlando, too. I kind of thought that, too, and do go to Disney and, and all yeah. that. So we'll see. I'm just so excited to represent Kentucky on the national stage. And 
Speaking of once in a lifetime opportunities, I mean, Miss America, it's something that I've dreamed about for so long and I'm, and I'm so excited. So what uh, will be your preparations for that? Um, so as far as preparation goes, I always think that it's a very internal process mm. Lots of journaling, goal setting, reflecting on my past year at, at Miss Kentucky and at, at mm. my competition at the state level and kind of yeah. looking at areas I can improve and such. And, um, kind of what we talked about earlier too, just making sure that I've kind of got those blinders up and focusing on me and what I can do to improve, to, um, beat myself yesterday or a month ago or a year ago. I think that is the number one thing that I want to focus on going going into Miss America is just making sure that it's a very internal, uh, personal process and experience for me. I just can't wait to meet all the other girls and just soak in all the moments. And it's just mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Well, actually, this was addressed in Seinfeld, one of my favorite TV shows. There, there was an episode, and um, you may not be old enough to remember Seinfeld. I may have to send you this link to watch. Yeah, totally. But, um, so Jerry Seinfeld was, uh, he met Miss Rhode Island and she, uh, he was, he asked her out on a date and uh-huh. the rule was that, uh, had to have a chaperone and to, okay. uh, to go along on the date. So gotcha. the chaperone got sick and she was like, oh, I can't, you know, uh, I can't go. I don't have a chaperone and stuff. And so of course Jerry's like, well, I can find a chaperone. And then Kramer, his neighbor walked <laughs> and he's like, the Kramer's like, what are you doing tonight? And Kramer's like, nothing. He's like, do you want to be a chaperone for Miss America? He's like, sure. So, and Jerry was kind of like, hey, you know, when we go out to dinner and stuff, you just kind of get lost and stuff and go and do your own thing because he wanted to have an unchaperoned uh, guest. And Kramer's like, no way. And he's like, what? He's like, he's like, I've been watching Miss America pageants since 1975. He knew like the whole history of all this and stuff. And so the whole, he kind of sabotaged the whole date where he was like asking her, prep questions and giving her advice the whole time. That is so funny. I'm going to need that link because I know Seinfeld, but I have not seen that. Episode. Yeah. And so his thing on there was he was giving her advice and they were in like in uh, the Miss American pageant was in Atlantic city. And so Kramer got asked by Miss Rhode Island to be her consultant for the show. And he said, um, only on one condition, you just follow everything I do. And of course, here's Kramer you know, not some paid pageant coach or whatever. So she's going and like doing her walk. He's like, no, 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 that's all wrong. And he's like, here, watch this. And so he's walking and showing her the proper walk. And he's like, all right, let's, let's do some more questions. And he's giving her all these questions. And then she's like, Kramer, is this necessary? He's like, yes, yes, it's necessary. If you stumble, (laughs) if you fall, it can cost you the pageant right there. If I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Poise counts. That is hilarious. I love that. Yeah. So just remember that poise counts. Poise counts for sure. Because what are the competition levels? I know they have the interview and the evening wear. I guess do they still have the swimwear competition. No, so swimwear has been replaced with fitness, where we fitness. okay athletic wear. So okay. Rep- Athletic is a national sponsor for Miss America. So we will all wear rebel athletic clothing uh-huh. and do our best fitness model walk. So we do private interview, evening gown, um, on stage conversation, fitness, mm-hmm. and then talent as well. So do you have to do like a cartwheel when you come out on stage or a front flip or something? No, I would be in trouble if that were the case. I okay. can do 
a cartwheel. And so many people make fun of me for that, but I have just tried so many times and I, I cannot get it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, they may make you do push-ups or something like that. <laughs> the aerobic routine. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. Well, I know you'll do well, and this is the reason why you're going to do well. Number one, you are a, an excellent speaker, which is very important. So you're going to nail the interview session. But you're interview, being interviewed by me. And the reason why that's important is because before I went to law school, I uh, had a job with the Kentucky Democratic Party setting up campaign tours. Okay. And for all the listeners who just wanted to turn it off because I said Democratic Party, just take it easy because it's, it was different back then. And so anyway, but anyway, I was setting up tours for the governor. Okay. And so I don't care what party you are. If you're setting up tours for the governor, that's a cool thing. And so my job was setting up tours for uh, Governor Paul Patton at the time and his reelection in 1999. And we'd set him up all in Western Kentucky. Okay. Well, his um, lieutenant governor was uh, Steve Henry, who is a doctor, but he married the woman, Heather French Henry, who won yes. Miss Kentucky. Yes. And so I got to talk with her and stuff. And then before that and after that, she went to Miss Kentucky and won. So that right there is all the connection that you need. Okay. I'm yes. <laughs> this is like a six degrees to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> that is so great. I'm I'm following the progression. That's good. <laughs> exactly. So you just have that. You watch Seinfeld and you'll be good to go. Perfect. I will take note of that. <laughs> all right. So back on track here. I'm, I'm like a lawyer and I'm like all uh, all over the place here. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. Uh, no, I was making a joke. It didn't work. But um Okay, so big thing on your plate coming up in October is you're going to be the co-host with Farley and me for the Kentucky Comedy Festival. Woo-hoo. So why are you excited to be a part of the Kentucky Comedy Festival? So I grew up performing. Mm-hmm. I on stage for the first time when I was five years old, and I like to say that I caught the theater bug. I've been in around 40 to 50 productions since, including a film that was shot in Louisville, Kentucky. Wow and premiered at the Los Angeles Film Festival in 2017 called Beauty Mark. And Mm. so any type of performance art, I am all for. And so when I saw this on my calendar, I was absolutely thrilled. I just think it's going to be a blast. I can't wait to hear everyone's jokes and their performance. And uh, I just can't wait to cheer them on. Hopefully uh, pageant queens won't be the uh, brunt of any jokes, though. (laughs) I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. I have to prepare my rebuttals, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to have, I mean, first off, I'll do the opening. I've got a great story that'll have them laughing and stuff. So when you come out, you'll just have the palm of your hand. Yeah. Plus plus you're there with Farley, the bulldog. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But, um, so here's some of your favorite comedians. Oh, goodness. Um, I love Kate McKinnon. Anything uh-huh. that she's in on Saturday Night Live makes me laugh. Um, I am a big fan of dry comedy and comedy that really isn't trying to be comedy. Like, um, the like White this interview? Lotus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, the White Lotus on HBO Max or Max. Mm-hmm call it now. Uh, So I thought Aubrey Plaza was hilarious in White Lotus, the second Mm. season. Um, Tiffany Haddish makes me laugh. Um, Mm. Keegan-Michael Key, he always has me rolling in the floor. His um, skits on Comedy Central, I think are so funny. So, but as far as my favorite type of comedy goes, I definitely like that dry 
um, sarcastic humor. So that that's usually my MO when searching for uh, comedic films or television shows. Yeah. Well, gosh, back in the day, um, there was a movie called The Naked Gun in the late 80s. Your parents would know about it. Okay. Um, and uh, there was an actor named Leslie Nielsen, Lieutenant Frank Grevin. You got you to gotta watch that movie. Okay. It's, I need to write that perfect. down. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm very excited to have you as part of the Kentucky Comedy Festival because we're trying to make the festival um, obviously funny, but branded uh, around Kentucky. Yes. And so, I mean, having Miss Kentucky is like the icing on the cake for it. Oh, but, um, but we've tried to bring in several comedians from Kentucky. Awesome. Um, the opening night, uh, we have a guy named Mark Klein. He's from Louisville, but he's been on Dry Bar Comedy, which you should check out Dry Bar Comedy. There you go. Right there. There you go. Yeah. Um, Drybar Comedy is a website and a platform that's all clean comedy. So I like that because I got to keep playing here. Yeah. But, um, he's from Kentucky, from Louisville, and he is super funny. Uh, we've also got a lady named Catherine Blandford that uh, she grew up in Bardstown and from Louisville. And um, so she's going to be performing the night that you're there the first night. And um, she is definitely from Kentucky because she is a huge horse fan. So I've got to set up like a tour oh, of the horse awesome. barn at Murray state, but we got a wide. Uh, oh, and then I've a uh, Saturday night show. We have two locals from Murray who are going to open before we get to Derek Stroop and Henry Cho. Awesome. Um, but what I tried to do in the comedy festival is I tried to have a wide variety of comedians. Cause I thought, you know, if you get a big name, like I was trying to get Jeff Foxworthy and I thought it was going to work, but he has schedule conflict. So we'll work for that another year but sometimes people want to hear a variety and it's like well maybe i've never heard of mark klein before but i i really like the idea of white trash cinderella so you're hearing a different story or we've got a guy named um, eric o'Shea that's done a lot of college stuff so everybody's going to be in like 30 minute segments and a little bit of a different story and we're showcasing more talent yes i i'm all for that i love hearing different perspectives and different people's stories. So I I'm all for that idea. Yeah. And I'm bringing in bands too. I decided this week, I'm going to bring in some bands to awesome. perform before the comedy show. Matter of fact, you're a singer, I think, aren't you? Didn't you sing? I am. Miss, what, I what's am. your genre? Um, this year at Miss Kentucky, I sang, I put a spell on you. So kind oh, of okay. bluesy jazzy vibe is usually what I gravitate towards. But like I said, I did grow up in theater. So I'm always down to sing a little musical theater rendition of something too. <laughs> well, we can set up a, a performance with you and the band. And there you go. That'd be a blast. Because the Friday night band we have is a band called Midlife Crisis. And uh, they do a lot of classic rock stuff. And then oh. the Saturday band is going to be a group called McKendry's. I actually am friends with uh, those guys. They're from my hometown area, but they're awesome. a bluegrass band. And I'm like, oh, well, fun. you've got to have a bluegrass band as part of a Kentucky comedy fest. Totally. That'll be awesome. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. So, and by the way, ticket sales are doing very well. We are Yay. almost 50% sold out for the, the Friday night show and the Saturday show. We just announced like a couple of weeks ago and we're selling very well on that too. Awesome. That is so exciting. And so, I can't wait to promote it on my social platforms as well. So hopefully we can drive some Miss Kentucky fans there too. <laughs> exactly. Well, and um, the other thing I was talking with um, the booking manager, which what's her name, by the way, because I, I'm assuming it's a lady because I've never gotten that person's name. They would just email back in the booking manager email. Yes. So my lovely booking manager's name is Jessica and she okay. 
fantastic. So she is my saving grace. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll, I'll have to tell her hello then. Instead of yeah, just saying, hello, yeah. how are you? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. Um, and what I was mentioning to her, we'll have the step and repeat because you can't have Miss Kentucky not have a step and repeat with photo ops. <laughs> but um, one thing I thought about, too, is since you're doing a lot of work for the, the children with special needs, we can have like a donation. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, I would love that. And stuff like that, because. That way people can donate to the cause. It's going straight to the cause. And, Absolutely. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yep. So we'll, we'll have a good time. I'm looking So forward. let's see here. Um, you know what? We've talked about all these other questions. We're just flowing here like, uh, <laughs> you know, just flow. I was going to say flowing like pudding, I guess, but I can't <laughs> say pudding on Miss with Miss Kentucky because you're not allowed to eat that, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. I know. I love some pudding. Like some okay. pudding. I love it. All right. I did make a batch of brownies last night, but uh, mm. they're almost. I've, I've um, got a major sweet tooth, so I'm always down for something sweet. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, see here. So we got Miss Kentucky, Mallory Hudson with us, and she is going to be my co-host along with Farley at the Kentucky Comedy Festival on October 19th and 21st at Rather Hall in Murray, Kentucky. And you can buy your tickets to see the Kentucky Comedy Festival at www.kentuckycomedyfestival.com. And now we've got to get to the famous part of our show where we see if Mallory is actually living the dream. So we're going to go into our living the dream lightning round questions, which is kind of like the fast money segment on Family Feud. Have you seen Family Feud with Steve Harvey? Of course I have, yes. (laughs) He does a fantastic job on that show. So we're going to ask Mallory about... 12 questions here to see how she is living the dream. All right. First question. What's your favorite? What are your favorite comedy movies? Okay. I love Ferris Bueller's day off. Oh, good answer. Um, as far as a rom-com goes, I love crazy, stupid love. Mm -hmm. And for just a straight comedy movie, I'm going to have to go with bridesmaids. Oh, that was a good movie. <laughs> that, that, was, that was funny. I will have to admit that was funny. <laughs> I tell you what, there was one comedian, um, um, Melissa McCarthy. She was fantastic in that movie. Yes. Um, but gosh, what is the other lady's name from Saturday Night Live? Well, well Kristen Wiig was the main yes. actress in that. And she's very, very funny. But Maya Rudolph, that's one. Maya Rudolph. Yes. She is hilarious. Yes. And I just love that it was a bunch of female comedians coming together and just having some fun. And it, it was highly entertaining, I'll have to say. Yeah, it was. And a big hit at the box office, too. Oh, for sure. All right. Since my co-host for this show and our co-host for the comedy festival is Farley the Bulldog, what is your favorite Chris Farley movie? So I'm actually going to go with a skit on this one. I got oh, okay. a skit where Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze are auditioning to be Chippendales dancers. Yes. I just think that is one of the most iconic SNL skits of all time. And so yes. I've got to gotta go with that one. <laughs> Do you think that Farley was the better dancer or Patrick Swayze? Oh, my gosh. You know, how can how can you compare? I think they were both great in their own way. I will say that. <laughs> All right. Well, flipping on that, because normally I ask this question, but I didn't think you would know who Patrick Swayze was. But since you do, what's your favorite Patrick Swayze movie? Oh, my gosh. Um, 
This is a tough one. I think you got to. We're preparing you for the Miss America pageant. They may ask you a question. They're going to ask you a question you don't uh, have a plan for. You've got to, you got to stay on your toes, but I mean, I've got to go with dirty dancing. I just, okay. I mean, that's probably like the cliche answer, but that is such a great movie. I feel like that movie will go down in history. So yeah, no, no, it was good. But if you said roadhouse, Oh my gosh, you would have like stolen my heart. <laughs> no, he he was great though uh, in that movie. Uh, I mean, Roadhouse was fantastic. Um, the first movie I really remember him from though was uh, the movie uh, The Outsiders. Okay, and it was 1983. So while I was young and while you were were not born, but it was a really really great movie. Like it was Tom Cruise's. I think it was his first movie, and if it wasn't. It was like pretty close, but that was one of Tom Cruise's first movies, uh, and he wasn't even the main star. But yeah. uh, you had like Rob Lowe in there. You had Ralph Macchio. Uh, Matt Dillon was in there. So it, it was a really great movie, and uh, I always liked Patrick Swayze. Yes. But you're right. That skit, the Chippendale skit, was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I feel like everyone knows that skit, even, I mean, regardless of age. I feel like that's definitely one of the iconic SNL skits. Well, and the other thing that was so funny about that skit, too, is Kevin Nealon in it did it completely with a straight face. And then when they were watching Chris Farley, it was like him and Mike Myers and Jan Hooks. And they were just they weren't breaking character at all. That was so amazing. Impressive. So impressive. I would have been breaking character for sure. <laughs> so is that going to is every, um, everybody's working for the weekend? Is that going to be the song you want us to play when I introduce you to walk out to? Oh my gosh. And I have to come out and do a dance. <laughs> well, no, not that, not that. Well, maybe we'll save that for Kevin Farley. Cause um, Chris Farley's brother, Kevin will be one of the comedians on Friday night. Okay, cool. And uh, I'm very excited to have him. It was kind of funny because um, I've always been a big Chris Farley fan and my bulldog Farley is named after Chris Farley. Yeah. And when I was in student government at Murray state, we were trying to bring in Chris Farley. I was like, man, you better hurry. We got to, try to bring him in because we brought in like carrot top and other big comedians and stuff, but we didn't make it in time before Chris Farley, you know, passed away. But I think having Kevin Farley is a really cool thing because Kevin's, he's really funny. Yeah. I saw him on dry bar comedy. He's actually performed in Lexington a few times at uh, oh, comedy cool. off Broadway. Yeah. So um, he's very funny and I'm very excited to have him on the show. That'll be awesome to have him for sure. Yeah. All right. So speaking of comedies, what is your favorite college comedy movie? Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, Old School, Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School, Legally Blonde, or Ryan Reynolds' Van Wilder? I got to go with Legally Blonde. The iconic line. What? Like, it's hard. I mean, it's just it's just great. It's iconic. I'm even wearing the pink today. I know. I was going to mention that. So I was going to mention that. You probably knew I was about to say that. <laughs> well, plus you want to go to law school. Exactly. Exactly. It checks all the boxes. <laughs> exactly. All right. See, I figured you would probably pick that one because I figured you're too young to know much about Animal House. Have you seen Animal House? I have not. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. You got to watch that in the Naked Gun. Okay. I want to give you a bunch of homework here. I know. I know. I'm going to have to write these down. Um. Old school. Have you seen old school though with Will Ferrell? Old school. I've seen clips of it. Okay. That's another one. Well, see, you need to set, you save that email in your spare time. You know, since you have a lot of spare time, you know, (laughs) you can watch these movies. 
Okay, uh, favorite TV show comedy, either past or present? Modern Family. Oh, good. That's a good one. I love Modern Family. And there are still episodes that I can go back and watch and just laugh like it's the first time I've ever seen them. I just watched the episode where they were um, on a yacht or a house uh-huh. watching the uh, eclipse. And mm. Cam is trying not to get sunburned and he's in this. Pool. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yeah. And then he falls off the boat with Gloria and Gloria is afraid to get in the water. I mean, it's just hilarious. And the writing is perfect on that show. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, that's a, a good point that you mentioned about with the writing, because a lot of times the writers don't really get the credit because like even on the Tonight Show and stuff, they've got writers writing the jokes for the comedians and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a big fan of the TV show Dallas. I'm actually going back. Uh, all these shows I reference are when I was young and you've never heard of them probably. But the thing is, if you have key writers leave a show, it just really affects the show. And you you see where ratings go down and stuff. And so, um, but I love Modern Family. I think Sofia Vergara, besides being a 10, um, I mean, she is super funny. She's hilarious. I mean, I mean, what is Joe Manganiello thinking? I mean, his loss will be my gain. Maybe. But, <laughs> but um, the other one I really like, too. I mean, I like, um, obviously, Al Bundy, um, Ed O'Neill, who's Sofia Vergara's wife. Uh, and Cam was is super funny. But Phil Dunphy and his wife, oh. Carol, they're hilarious. Hilarious. And they're all each so funny in their own way, too. They contribute. Yeah to the show in their in their own unique way so i just think that show's hilarious and it's timeless too i mean mm. years later the first episodes are still making me laugh so yeah that, that's a very good answer i i think of all the guests i've had i think that's the first time modern family was given the favorite tv show comedy oh, okay there you yeah. go <laughs> okay um next question who are your favorite bands um i'm gonna go cage the elephant that's okay. a Kentucky Bowling Green band, Grammy Award winning. They're so good. Uh, oh, okay. I'm about to write them down. You've probably you- heard some of their songs before. Um, Cage of the Elephant? Cage of the Elephant, yes. Um, they sing Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, Cigarette Daydreams, Come a Little Closer. I'm trying to think of some of their hits, but they're great. They're so great. And yeah, that's interesting. So... So they're a national band or they're just based in Bowling Green? Um, now now they live all over, I believe, but they, they went to Greenwood High School in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is wild. And now they've won Grammys. So they're pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's a good answer. Hmm. Um, actually, I had an agent who was, he heard about the Kentucky Comedy Festival and he called me about um, just learning more about the festival and stuff. And he mentioned uh, that he was, a, he was a student at Western Kentucky during the Cage of the Elephant days. And I was like, what was that? I didn't respond that way or anything, but yeah. so I'm about to check them out now. Apparently totally. they're great. Yeah. Highly recommend. And then I love uh, Fleetwood Mac too. You know what? Um, that's the second week in a row. We've got an answer for uh, Fleetwood Mac's favorite band. Uh, Jasmine Ellis, one of our comedians um, cited them as the, her favorite band too. They're She's a big awesome. Stevie Nicks fan. Yeah. Stevie Nicks is awesome. I love the chain is probably my favorite Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, good answer there. Um, all right. Well, I said phase favorite musical artists. That question is more like, um, cause like Fleetwood Mac is a band, but like musical artists would be an individual like Dolly Parton or a Beyonce. 
who are your favorites on that? Uh, I've got to go with Taylor Swift. Mm. I love Taylor Swift. I'm so sad. I was not able to go to the Eras tour because that tour is taking the country by storm. Some of my best friends went um, in Nashville, but it was Derby weekend and I was at the Derby. Uh, So I had to to, uh, give and take a little bit, but the Derby was one of the the best experiences of my life thus far. So um, I'm definitely glad I got to have that experience, but um, definitely seeing those pictures of the concert, I was having a little bit of FOMO. I will have to admit. <laughs> Did you go to the Barnstable Brown party? No, I went to uh, Unbridled Eve. Okay. And, yes. And that was in downtown Louisville. And I actually served as a Kentucky Derby Festival princess this spring. And so okay. I got to do a lot of cool things derby related and derby festival related this spring so uh lots of fun memories for sure yeah my experience of going to the derby is i, I went to law school at louisville because their scholarships were bigger than it at uk uh-huh. but um anyway i got the valet cars one year and i i was making like a thousand dollars a day on tips so i was like okay this is it, fine like i'll take that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right um favorite sports teams well i know one answer i'm gonna get here Mm-hmm. Kentucky Wildcats for mm-hmm. sure. Love watching some Kentucky basketball and and the other teams as well. I have a lot of school spirit for UK. Um, as far as like NFL goes, probably Cincinnati Bengals. My dad's right. a long suffering Cincinnati Bengals fan, and so I grew up watching uh, a lot of Bengals. And now, I mean, they're they're really taking off. So it's been fun to uh, be a fan of them recently, and then. Mm-hmm. MLB, probably the Reds again. I just think being being in this area, you kind of naturally gravitate towards uh, cheering for those Cincinnati fans, our Cincinnati sports teams. So um, right. you have followed them. And then, like I told you earlier, my uncle's the head coach for WKU uh, women's volleyball. So got to cheer them on as well. And then, mm-hmm. of course, all the sports teams that my sister's been a part of as well. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan, so we're mortal okay. enemies here. A little but- but we've kind of flipped the standings this year where normally the Cardinals are t- toward the top and the Reds are at the bottom, but now the Reds are at the top. But in fairness, though, it, it's good for the Cincinnati Reds to be good from a baseball standpoint because they're one of the iconic franchises in baseball. And um, it's good that they're you know, having a good season. And I don't think my Cardinals are going to catch them, but you never know. Right. But it, it's good for the Reds to be good. For sure. I mean, you know, Joey Votto has been such a good player for so long, and I guess he's kind of coming back this year for, from some injuries. But I think Ellie DeCruz, is that the rookie that's doing really well so, for him? Yes. Yeah. Taking Cincinnati by storm, needless to say. Very yeah. Good. Well, with the Bengals being good and the Reds being good, Cincinnati finally has something to cheer for. I know. I'm like, what's in the water in Cincinnati? Things are turning around for those teams. I know. You know, that um, – I actually went to the Super Bowl when the Bengals went to uh, play the Rams, and I was hoping the Bengals were going to be able to win that game, but yeah. the offensive line didn't hold up for them. But um, but that playoff game last year with them in Kansas City, I mean, that was a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was a shootout between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in that game. So absolutely. So we'll see how the Bengals do this year. Uh huh. So so since you've been in Lexington for several years, what are your some of your favorite places to hang out in Lexington besides uh, Rupp Arena. Yeah. Besides- and, and the classroom, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, definitely love local taco. 
Um, Is that it? Big local taco fan. It's right by campus. Okay. Um, and so I love love their chicken cheese quesadilla there. I'm I'm a pretty plain picky eater, but I, I love their chicken cheese quesadilla. Um I love going to Lex Live and bowling or watching a game. That yeah, is, across from the Hyatt. Yeah, and that's, that's like become a quintessential spot in Lexington, I think. Oh, it has? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that because I've been at the the Hyatt Hotel a couple of times for finals and stuff, and I didn't even walk across. Yeah, and I love watching movies, too. I love going to the movies. I I mean, as much as I love the streaming services and being able to quickly access so many different shows and films, I love going to the movies and just the experience of seeing something on the big screen, how it was really um, intended to be consumed by audience members. So that's a great place to catch a film, too. Yeah, I'll have to go over there. I thought it may have been more of like a tourist trap kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, who knows? To me, too, I'm like, am I still considered a tourist in Lexington? Maybe a little bit? Because I bounce back and forth so much. So um, maybe I am attracted to those uh, tourist spots, too. (laughs) Well, I mean, I like that, too. Um, I might have to go check it out, though, because I do like bowling. Yes. The thing about with bowling, I, I like bowling more than golf. Because I mean, uh-huh. I love playing softball more, but the thing is, you got to have a team to play softball. You got to have someone to pitch to you. Because we need some batting cages around here. But um, you know, with bowling, you can do that by yourself or playing golf. But to be a golfer, you got to be halfway good to spend all that time out there. Whereas if I mean, you don't have to be great to do bowling. Right. And right. And I'm definitely not a great bowler. Either. <laughs> it's it's just a fun activity, I think. Exactly. You know, one of the um, places I like to go to eat in Lexington, there's this place called Carson's. Have you been there? Yes, Carson's is great. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, you got to make your reservations well in advance at that place. You do. That is a hot place in Lexington for sure. It's always, always popping. You know, the other thing I thought was kind of cool about downtown Lexington is they have a thing called Thursday Night Live downtown. Hmm. And uh, so they have like, it's over there. Um, well, I'm trying to think. It's past, was it Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse? Is that the, the fancy steakhouse down yeah. there? Mm-hmm. So it's around that area, and they've got like the Lexington um, tourism office and stuff, but they've got several restaurants through there, and they just uh, tenant off, and they've okay. got bands in there and stuff. And I thought that was pretty cool and encourages people to get out. But they've really renovated a lot of that downtown where it's uh, like a um, lower level. Um, retail than upper levels apartments or condos and yeah um, i know they added a new hotel called the manchester hotel which is a rooftop yes. hotel which and i, I think is super cool videos of that place and it just looks so nice and fun yeah because that's the kind of stuff i would like to develop because down in florida you know the rooftop stuff is really important because we have good weather all the time people want to be outside right but and i just think too in downtown Lexington, there's a lot of spirit about they're they're proud of Lexington. Like they have the thoroughbreds, yeah. like the colored thoroughbreds throughout yes. and thoroughbred park and everything. So I think there's a lot of good school spirit, not school spirit, but Lexington, Kentucky spirit. Absolutely. All right. Um, favorite things about the University of Kentucky. Well, I think we've already answered this, but go ahead. <laughs> I think for me, UK is such a big school, but there are so many ways to make it feel small. 
And that's really what I like about UK is I think I've been able to click in in these smaller communities within this much larger community. And I really do believe that I've found a second home at UK and I just really have enjoyed every moment. Yeah. Yeah. My um, my experience at UK has been fantastic, too. Uh, I think the professors are really good. I enjoy the programs. Um I think the facilities there are fantastic. I mean, the Gatton building for, for anyone who's just wanting to go and tour the University of Kentucky when you're there for a football game or whatever. I mean, that Gatton building is fantastic. I know they renovated the law school building. Um, I'm anxious to see Memorial uh, Coliseum, but I guess you just can't walk around Memorial Coliseum, though, even with the student pass, I think. Yeah, but, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, they'll let you in. They won't let me because you'll have a crown on. <laughs> like who's this trespasser over here? <laughs> That's funny. All right, very important question here. Who has the most annoying fans in the SEC? Oh goodness. Well, I will say that I went to a football game and we were playing Tennessee. <laughs> and during the performance of my old Kentucky home, or while they were playing it, I don't remember if someone was singing it or if it was coming in over the loudspeaker. They started singing Rocky Top. I know. And I just, I, that did not sit right with me because I don't think that I would have started singing My Old Kentucky Home if we were in Tennessee and uh, they were playing Rocky Top. So uh, from personal experience, I will have to go with Tennessee. But, you know, the SEC, it's a competitive atmosphere and everybody's ready to cheer on their fans. So I'm sure there are many people who would say UK has the most annoying fans in the SEC. Well, they may say that about us with basketball, um, but man, that got off the Tennessee orange. I just can't even stand it. <laughs> it's like uh, in the in the Blind Side when she says, "I will not wear that gaudy orange. I will not." Oh, that's right. See, my my brother uh, lives in Nashville. He's a lawyer too. Okay. Um, but uh, I have nephews who live in Nashville, and the thought of them potentially going to the University of Tennessee is just horrifying. <laughs> So you agree with me on that one? I think so. I, I'd say either them or LSU. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is Tennessee is our, our, our neighbor and stuff. But, you know, I went to the SEC term, I guess it was two years ago, and we had a good team. It was um, with Oscar, and we had Ty Ty Washington. And, uh, yes. you know, I thought we were going to win. And Tennessee had a good team that, that year, too. They had Grant Williams and uh, who was that other guy? Major. Uh, but, but Tennessee had a good team, and the bottom line is we just came out and didn't play very well at all. But to have to sit there and watch Tennessee win the whole tournament and stuff, it was just painful. Oh. <laughs> it was painful. But in fairness, they weren't as bad on Kentucky fans as I thought. But, you know, I guess a blind squirrel finds a nut every, every now and then <laughs> over there. But, um, okay, we'll we agree on that with Tennessee. Um Next question, where do you want to be in your career five years from now? Oh, five years from now, I honestly will probably be a, a newly graduated uh, lawyer because really, if I graduate 
because I only have a few credits left at UK. And so mm. I'm going to kind of see if I can finish up in August of 2024. Um, I think I only have four or five classes left, five at the max. And so it kind of ended up working out where this was excellent timing for me to serve as Miss mm. Kentucky because I only have a, a few credits left to fulfill. And so I'm thinking about potentially um, getting my master's and then going to law school since I won't have time this year to study for the LSAT or apply. Um, to law schools. And so I really just want to be happy uh, in my career, whatever uh, path I end up taking, uh, whether or not that be a certain field of law or maybe even something uh, completely in a different direction than that. I just want to feel happy and feel as though I'm making a difference in whatever community I might be in. Mm, That's a good answer. Well, I can do a plug for the MBA program at the University of Kentucky. Okay. Okay. You know what's in about that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the thing I like about it too, like, and people like, well, why are you wanting to go back to school? Or you really want to be like Rodney Dangerfield and going back to school? Cause I, I'm 46. So I'm old enough to be your dad. Um, but, um, the thing about it is, is as a lawyer, um, uh, you know, people think of you as just the lawyer and they don't always think of you as the business person. And number one, I think getting the MBA, it just makes you a better lawyer because you understand business better. And when you understand business, I mean, that's your your client. But the other thing, too, is it helps me like with I'm doing the Kentucky Comedy Festival, um, the marketing, all that kind of stuff. And I think, too, like a quote that you said earlier, just trying to better yourself every day is Mm -hmm. another reason why I wanted to do it as well. Um, Just opens up a lot of doors. And the more knowledge you have, the better that you are. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, all right. Final question. How are you living the dream? And the answer, of course, I know is because you're on the show. But <laughs> well, of course, I think uh, kind of going off of that, it, it's just the many experiences that I'm going to get to have this year, these kind of special once in a lifetime experiences as Miss Kentucky. And I just feel so overwhelmed with gratitude that I get to wake up every single day and meet so many incredible people and so many incredible Kentuckians. And I really do think that I'm a people person. I've always been a big talker. I love to meet people. I love to hear people's stories. And so being able to uh, do that on the level of being Miss Kentucky, is just something that is so special and and I and I realize how special it is and I just can't wait to soak in all the moments it's going to be an incredible year and I know it's going to fly by so I'm just kind of going to try and hold on tight but I really do feel as though I'm living the dream as Miss Kentucky and I really do believe as though I'm living through something uh, that used to just be a dream. And so thinking back on the progression of how I got here and how I really do think that I've subconsciously been preparing for this role my entire life is super, super cool and special. Yeah. Well, um, you've been a fantastic guest. It's been an honor to have you on our show. And we're uh, very proud to have you as a co-host for the Kentucky Comedy Festival. I know you're going to do great. Well, I know you're going to have some good jokes for the audience. and For sure. Stuff. I'm working on them already. <laughs> oh, you are? Really? I know. I can't give anything away, but I, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of great comedians there. So, I mean, I've got to live up to the hype of the festival. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Mallory, thank you so much for being on the show. We really thank appreciate you. you taking the time out of your very busy schedule. And congratulations again on being Miss Kentucky 2023 and the future Miss America 2024. <laughs> since you will be studying the Seinfeld clip I told you about. Will do. Um, 
Before we sign off, though, tell the audience how they can follow you on social media to keep up with uh, all of your work as Miss Kentucky. Absolutely. So you can keep up with me on Instagram at Miss America KY or on Facebook at the Miss Kentucky Scholarship Organization, uh, on Twitter at Miss America KY, and then on TikTok as well at Miss America KY. So keep up with all the adventures. We're going to have a lot of fun this year, and I just can't wait to get out and meet so many amazing Kentuckians in the next year. All right. Well, again, Mallory, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we're really looking forward to having you as our co-host for the Kentucky Comedy Festival. We know you're going to do a great job and continue doing the great work representing the state of Kentucky as Miss Kentucky. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks. So there you have it. We've had Miss Kentucky 2023 Mallory Hudson as our special guest today. And as you can hear, she is more than just a pretty face. She is of just well-rounded all across the board, smart. Um, good-hearted and doing a lot of good work in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So we're very fortunate to have her on the show. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.com.